Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week, we celebrate the life of award-winning Indiana fingerstyle guitar prodigy, the late Evan Twitty, recorded live at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. We'll listen to music and interviews with the talented teen, as well as his mentors and friends, Tom Bresch and Randy Buckner. Our guest host, Charlie Sandage, will ponder the importance of time and how we measure it. And of course, I'll be heading down to the vault for a visit with my buddy, Mark Jones. All that this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. All of us here at the Ozark Folk Center are deeply saddened by the tragic passing of 18-year-old Evan Twitty. Evan lost his life in a car accident on February 7th of 2020. We've watched Evan grow up over his many years of attending our Merle Travis thumb-picking weekend. He began as a bright and promising student and matured into a championship-winning guitarist, contest judge, teacher, and mentor. In his brief 18 years, Evan had placed himself among the finest guitarists in the world. Let's head down to the stage and hear some of Evan's great music. It's very difficult because you're essentially playing an entire band's work all by yourself whenever you play the Merle Travis style. First time I heard it was just on a little cassette called The Best of Merle Travis. I know it's cliche because everybody says it. I thought there was more than one guy. 
but it was when I finally realized that there was one guy playing all the parts, it absolutely just blew me away. But still, you know, you can't walk into, like if I walked into my school and said, hey, you want to hear a Merle Travis song? Who's that? It's not something that the whole new generation and everybody really appreciates. And so for me, it's a lot about getting the younger generation to appreciate it, as well as bringing back memories to the older generation when they come to see my shows and try to do both of those things so that we can keep the style alive. Now, how old are you now? Right now, I'm 17. Good grief. Yeah. And I just got done with my junior year of high school, so I'm going to be a senior in the fall when that rolls around. I just bought me a great long ticket, going to use it at 4 p.m. So you can call your secret love and tell the news to him. on the streak UT but if you want your freedom PDQ divorce me COD I made to fall down on your knees cause I know all my ABC I ain't no college professor ain't got no PhD but if you want your freedom PDQ divorce me COD just getting to call him my friend, sometimes I have to sit back when me and him are just picking together or eating dinner together, just hanging out and having fun. Sometimes I just have to stop and think, you know, this is Tom Bresch, the son of Merle Travis, eating a taco next to me <laughs> and getting to know Tom on a more personal level. Also, just that he is a great guy. You know, you he is always always supported me since me and him became friends. The first time I met him was at the Chet Adkins Appreciation Convention in Nashville, and uh, I came up and I had seen tapes of him and Merle playing together, and I knew it was Merle's son, so I asked him for if I could have one of his thumb picks as a memento, and he gave it to me, and I still have it there at the house, obviously. I keep it put up, 
Uh, but getting to even meet him and realize, you know, this is this is the Merle Travis experience, close as you're getting. This nine-pound hammer, it's a little too heavy for my size. For my size, I'm going on the mountain. Gonna see my baby, but I ain't coming back. No, I ain't coming back. Roll on, buddy, pull your load of coal. How can I roll when the wheels won't go? Roll on, buddy, pull your load of coal. How can I roll, roll, roll when the wheels won't go? Yeah, I pay 
paid the price, I won't sacrifice till I'm three times 21. Oh, Merle Travis, thank you. One of Evan's most influential mentors, Tom Bresch, who ultimately became his close friend, is a world-renowned fingerstyle guitarist and the son of legendary country music star Merle Travis. After Evan's untimely passing, we interviewed Tom by phone. I met Evan Twitty the first time. He was about 10 years old. And I just remember this little curly-haired, bushy-haired kid coming up there with his guitar, asking a million questions, knew everything about me. I found out later years that uh, Evan was like a walking encyclopedia of country music. He just takes it all in. And he steals from the best of us. <laughs> yeah, he was just loved, and he stayed Evan. He never changes from Evan Twitty. What you see is what you get. This big smile, positive person, and uh, just this positive attitude always. The guitar community, per se, is devastated by this news. Because we all realized Evan was some sort of a savant. He was he was a different guitar player. He's just an amazing kid. I don't get to learn from many people, and I learned so much from Evan. He did a thing on the Jerry Reed tribute one time where he absolutely killed on a song called Alabama Wild Man. That's what it was. And he came out there and absolutely killed. When they said his name, the place went crazy. People were throwing their babies in the air and everything. He killed, and uh, it was just like watching some old old soul that's done his entire life up there with all the moves and the, the, the energy and just amazing. And uh, when he got off the stage after that, Daryl Tony, who was the MC of the show there, the Reed Tribute, he's 16 years old, everybody, and the place went nuts again. He was like an old soul that should still be with us. And I, I don't know yet what it is that, that his death is supposed to realize to me, but I know there's something I'm supposed to learn from it, and I'd like to learn it soon. song written by one of my buddies, Mr. Tom Fresh. Louisiana, fell played piano for a boogie woogie delta band. 
He wouldn't put his hive and he'd go right on a jiving with a 38 special in his hand. He got to shooting one night and never meaning no harm. He ended up working on a prison farm. Now they call him old Delta Dan. The Louisiana Boogie Woogie Man. He does a Louisiana Boogie with a ball and chain. He knows the Boogie Woogie just like his middle name. on his hole. Starts a grinning and a chopping, reeling and a rocking till he gets to the end of the road. Just a jumping into rhythm and a having his fun. Hitting six beats to the other man's one old late beat Delta Dan. The Louisiana Boogie Boogie Man. He does the Louisiana Boogie with a ball and chain. He knows the Boogie Woogie just like his middle name. Here's the Boogie for you. So I'm gonna have to ask you guys to be mine Whenever I get to the chorus part there Where I says, he does the Louisiana boogie Right there's where you're gonna say Louisiana boogie Then I get to, with a ball and chain You just say, ball and chain He knows the boogie woogie Just like his middle name So we're gonna come up to it here Get ready for it one day he told the warden if he couldn't get a part, there's a favor that would suit him so well. Asked the state of Louisiana just to give him my piano and lock it with me and myself. When Gabriel blows his trumpet at the end of time, I'll have him boogie-woogie when he blows the second line. Old boogie-woogie Delta Dan, the Louisiana boogie-woogie man. Here we go. He does the Louisiana boogie with a ball and chain. We've been listening to some fine guitar thumb-picking by the late Evan Twitty, recorded at the Merle Travis Memorial Festival in Mountain View, Arkansas. After that hot instrumental opening number, we heard three tunes written by the great Merle Travis himself, Divorce Me C.O.D., Nine Pound Hammer, and Three Times Seven. We'll hear lots more of Evan Twitty's good thumb-picking on this show, but after this short break, come with me down to the vault for a visit with the remarkable Mark Jones. This is Ozark Highlands Radio.
Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. It's come to that portion in our show where we go down into the vault and visit Mark Jones, who keeps all the recordings that we've made over the many, many years here at the Folk Center. Let's, let's see what Mark's got for us this week. Mark, are you down here? Oh, I'm over here in the corner, Dave. <laughs> it's dark over here, man. How can you see anything? Well, I just feel around a lot. <laughs> what have you got for us this week, Mark? Uh, Dave, I've run across something that I'm not sure that I understand completely, but have you ever heard of of uh, shape note singing? Well, you know, I have, and I've even done a little bit of shape notes. You have. And it's very interesting. Uh, it's a method of music that was come up with back in the late 18th century in America. It's an American form of music, and it was a way of notating music without the five-line staff that we're used to with musical notation. In shape note singing, each note was given a different shape. For instance, the do looked like a little ice cream cone. Fa looked like a little triangle. La was a square. Mi was a diamond. And that way they could write it out and you could do it in any key you wanted because Do was not necessarily a C. It was just whatever note the songmaster gave at the beginning of the song was our Do note. And then the people would sing from there. And generally when they sang shape note, they would sing the first verse by singing the names of the notes. In other words, fa, la, mi, do. And then when they'd come to the second verse, then they would actually sing the verses of the song. So then the second verse, they would usually go to the words go back and to words. lyrics of the song. And this was a way for people who were basically illiterate to be able to read music. Oh, well, maybe that's what I need. <laughs> I doubt it. What have you got for us? Well, Dave, I've got some of uh, Clark Fowler and the Sacred Harp Singers. They were here, and this was recorded. They came to the Folk Center and sang quite a bit, actually. What song are they doing? A song called Angel Band. All right, let's listen to Clark Fowler and the Sacred Harp Singers. The next song is an old song that was used in earlier times at a, it's not very nice to say maybe, but it was used at a deathbed. When someone was just ready to go into the next beyond, they would gather around the bed and sing this song over and over and over until they did go on. The name of the song is Angel Band.
that's an interesting form of music, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's it's beautiful. It has an ancient sound to it. It really does. It sure does. It's an amazing thing, and I I really enjoy it. Um, around here, people still do shape note singing, and for many years, the standard hymnal in the Baptist churches around here was the old Sacred Harp hymnal, in which all the music was written in shape notes. Huh. Well, just a little tidbit of information. Well, thank you, Dave. I knew I'd get it from you. (laughs) Okay, I'll see you again next week. Let's get back to this week's featured musician. Evan Twitty was born to play the guitar. He started playing at two years old and won his first talent show at the age of five. By age 13, Evan was already being recognized by the masters of the thumb-picking style as he began winning competitions against adults. That talent contest he won at five in his hometown of Vincennes, Indiana, was to be just the beginning for him. I've been lucky enough to get a play with thumb pickers my whole life and never really realize it because they had to learn to just play rhythm and stuff or just straight lead because, you know, as wasn't it's not really highly sought after in a lot of the places where they used to play to have a thumb picking style and they'd be members of the band and if they tried to play all the band's parts at once it would just collide with the other guys. 
And so I didn't realize how many of the guys I was playing with were actually thumb pickers and knew who Merle Travis was and just didn't think to, you know, really communicate with me about it because, you know, I was a kid and who chances are that a kid's probably not always going to take right to Merle Travis when he first hears him. But I was one of the few who did. So I was really fortunate to have a lot of great people who admired Merle and in some cases even played with him there around me where I lived to kind of help guide me along the way. been playing the guitar for quite a while i i knew the chords i started playing when i was two oh, wow. uh or that's at least that's when i got my first guitar 
pre-Merle was more of just the... I always had a thing for the classic country sound. And even some of the more 80s and 90s country thing. So that was what I would do at my shows. I just flat-picked and played the chords. And occasionally I would, uh, for what you could call singing... (laughs) Yeah, that was what I would do, uh, was just kind of the classic country stuff until I first heard Merle Travis. That's when I started trying to put it together and do that. The amazing thing about it is that a lot of those old country recordings had Merle or Chet Adkins or Paul Yandel and people like that actually playing on them so it's not that hard to take an old country song and thumb pick it because in a lot of cases there was a thumb picker playing guitar on it when it was recorded. Well, you took all my money, throwed me out on my nose. Then you had the nerve to ask me, would a matchbox hold my clothes dry bread? my band we do jazz stuff a lot so i can uh you know every once in a while i'll let the 
lead or the rather the rhythm drop out and just play some fast jazz licks and stuff on the guitar but uh in reality the thumb picking style i mean merle did it but you know a lot of people did it after they heard what he was doing and so in pretty much any genre where you can play a guitar when you listen to at least when i listen to it i can hear well there's the bass and there's the drums doing their thing and all the different instruments and put it together and i'll end up uh you know no matter what song i'm doing i catch myself playing a little bit of some thumb picking style in there because it's just what i do and it works out really well another one that johnny and merle had a big inspiration on fellow we just lost by the name of glenn campbell It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch Four more hot tunes from Indiana native Evan Twitty, who tragically lost his life in February of 2020. Evan started that set with a Merle Travis instrumental, Goodbye My Bluebell, followed by Doc Watson's Milk Cow Blues, another Travis tune, Dry Bread, and he finished up with a little bit of Glenn Campbell's Gentle on My Mind. Let's take a short break. When we come back, our friend Charlie Sandage will discuss the importance of something none of us seem to have enough of, time. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Charlie Sandage is a musician, songwriter, and history buff who lives on a mountaintop not far from here. Let's listen to what he's been thinking about lately. Time that we can use to live our lives is a gift beyond measure. Time that we precisely measure out to ourselves, as in, there's too much to do and so little time, is tyranny. And the more precisely we measure it, the more tyrannical it is. First off, let's recognize that the measurement of time is something we, humankind, took upon ourselves to start doing. Daylight and darkness, phases of the moon, seasons, all of these flowed from one to the next, long before some clever ancestor of ours decided to name our moments of time. After that, we weren't satisfied for long with calling them morning, noon, and evening. We decided to break it all down 
into 24-hour chunks and call those chunks hours. At least that's what they got called by some of us when the English language also got invented. Of course, those chunks had to be measured. So we came up with sundials and eventually clocks that measure minutes. At some point, a wristwatch without a second hand seemed to be inadequate. Now, we are subjected to digital devices. Our cell phones and computer screens tell us about each moment that has slipped away, never to return. We set an appointment for 10.30 a.m., obsess about being there on time, and fret if the other person isn't there right when we expected. It's like we're all constantly in the last three seconds of some cosmic basketball game, desperate to get the winning shot in before the buzzer ends everything. I, for one, don't like it. Don't get me wrong, it's only civilized to avoid keeping someone waiting when they're expecting us, but really, how different is 1032.14 from 10.30? Here's my suggestion. Let's go back to grandfather clocks. Even when the regal device in the hallway or the smaller version sitting on the mantel chimed or bonged or whatever it did, it felt like a nudge rather than the lash of a whip. Oh my goodness, it seems to say it's 10.30. Somebody needs to be thinking about something to eat around noon or so. If we stayed up really late, the old faithful timepiece would favor us with a musical reminder that maybe we should get some sleep because, after all, tomorrow's a work day. Sometimes, I think we should take a step even farther back to just observing sunup, midday, sundown, and bedtime. But I have to acknowledge that our civilization doesn't run on an agricultural timetable anymore. Now, I think the pace of the grandfather clock should be about right. Besides, most of us can record our TV programs these days. We won't miss a thing if we aren't sitting there with bated breath at 8.59.59 waiting for the next episode of whatever. Thanks, Charlie. Let's finish this week's show with some more fine thumb-picking by the late Evan Twitty. We'd been seeing Evan here in Mountain View for several years. In 2016, at the Merle Travis Thumb-Picking Weekend Competition, at the age of 15, he placed second in the Contemporary Division and first in Traditional, then came back a year later and did the same thing again, competing against some of the best pickers in the country. Here's Evan's version of Jimmy Driftwood's classic, The Tennessee Stud. <laughs> Lord, I never would have made it through the Arkansas mud if I hadn't been a-riding on the Tennessee 
Another of Evan Twitty's mentors and friends is Randy Buckner, an award-winning fingerstyle and jazz guitarist, teacher, and organizer of the Ozark Folk Center's Merle Travis Thumbpicking Weekend. We caught up with Randy at his home in Springfield, Missouri. I first met Evan in uh, Nashville at the uh, Chet Atkins Convention. Evan was about uh, 12 years old, and he had this little squeaky voice to him, you know, 12-year-old squeaky voice. He'd run around to all the uh, guitar players trying to get them to show him just any kind of Chet Atkins or Jerry Reed or Merle Travis lick. He was just like this sponge, this very enthusiastic style at that time, which I don't think was ever tempered. You know, there's that uh, that expression that sometimes gets overused, but he was definitely an old soul. I mean, he would surprise me with facts and trivia about Merle Travis that I didn't know. But as he uh, got older, he started incorporating every style he heard, whether it was blues or classical. And I was watching that video that was posted of him at the park doing three times seven. I was just thinking to myself that by that age, and that he was like 16 or 17 in that video, he already had his own way of playing the Travis style. It wasn't, he didn't sound like Merle. He didn't sound exactly like Chet, Fresh, or anybody else. It sounded like Evan. I wanted to see how Evan was going to take the style what the future held for him in that style. 
by the age of 19, he'd already been on stage with everybody, Tommy Emanuel, Eddie Pennington, Brush, members of Jerry Reed's backup band. You know, so he was he was already there. It was just a matter of getting out of college and then going off to see the world, you know. You know, obviously everybody's just devastated by this news. But what I've heard from just repeatedly from everybody is just how generous and kind, you know, Evan was. For example, the day after his car wreck, he was scheduled to play a fundraiser. He was constantly playing fundraisers. He played at uh, nursing homes. Just, you know, he always wanted to entertain everybody. He'd already developed into one of those, you know, entertainers that just when they talk to you, it just seems like they've known you all of their life. You know, and that was Evan. He was just, he never met a stranger and was just, just very generous with his time. You know, I'd even watch him with, you know, younger players and he'd be over there trying to show them some lick, you know, or let them play his guitar. You know, and I always thought that was pretty cool of him. But he was just headed to be one of the uh, flagships of the future generation, you know, thumb picking, you know. So this is just such a great loss. I've had the pleasure of knowing Mr. Randy Buckner ever since I met him in Muhlenberg County at a thumb picking weekend. What was that, about five years ago? And I got to meet Danny here whenever I first started coming to Mountain View. He's become a good friend of mine, too.
Hey, we stopped at the same time. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I I have trouble in some contests is because I I really like to be able to connect with the audience and have that entertainment experience. And whenever I do that, you know, that's it's hard when you can't talk and you're still trying to connect with the audience and you're being judged as well. There's a certain thrill. I, I do enjoy the contests. I always have, even if not, uh, I, I really enjoy winning. <laughs> but even when I didn't win contests and stuff, I always enjoyed participating because, you know, just because the judges didn't necessarily like what I did, there's still people in the crowd who might have, and that always led to me getting, you know, even if I didn't win, I might get a phone call for a show to do or something. And uh, and just getting to meet the other contestants and have that connection where, oh, you know, you you're you're already met somebody who's doing the same style you're doing, so you already have that in common, and you get to make a lot of friends because you, you already have it in common that you're passionate about the thumb-picking style. too long You say home is where my love is at But to me home is any place I hang my hat So the time has come to sing a traveling song Now you want a home with kids and a job that ain't my style, it don't make my heart throb I was born a rambling man, that's the way even if it's wrong Someday you'll be sitting on our old rocking swing And some man will get down on one knee and give you a ring But the time has come for me to sing a traveling song Traveling song. Thank you so much. 
Closing out our show with three more good tunes from the late Evan Twitty. We heard his version of Tennessee Stud, then Limehouse Blues featuring Evan, Randy Buckner, and Danny Dozier, and a song by Johnny Cash, Sing a Traveling Song. Thanks so much for listening to our show as we honor the music of a young man whose life was tragically cut short. A quick search of the internet will reveal more information and some great videos of the phenomenal Evan Twitty. For Ozark Highlands Radio, this is your host, Dave Smith. See you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974 and by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.